Let's go. What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of Bingetown TV. Today, we have a special one, folks. We were lucky enough to sit down with everyone's favorite master magician, Megana Tova, also known as Zelda from The Magicians. We cannot thank her enough for spending some time with us today. So without delaying any further, hope you guys enjoy. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Megana. How are you? I'm good. You said my name right, so that makes me nice. That's great. Good. I'm glad. That would have been embarrassing if I did it. So Uh, I've heard some. I've heard a lot of variations. Some of them really um, interesting. (laughs) I've honestly never heard that name before. I haven't met another Magena yet. (laughs) There can be only one. So absolutely, you are the Magena. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us nerds over here at Binge Sound TV. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time, so if it's okay with you, we'd like to jump right into some of the questions. Totally. Um, a lot. We're such super nerd fans of the magicians, and we couldn't be happier to have you. End of Zelda. End of oh, Zelda. thank you. Well, I'm <laughs> excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. We got we to gotta shout out Rick Worthy here because uh, I didn't know if you saw, he, we were able to talk to him, and he was so nice, and he says, you guys have to talk to Magena. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he is. Well, he is the best. So I, I, yeah, he's wonderful. I'm, I, I really, I really enjoy that guy. <laughs> yeah, I spoke so highly of you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so just to start this off, we're gonna kick it off with some rapid fire questions about the magicians, just to get a little bit of a perspective on on where you stand as a fan. Okay. Oh God, is this a uh, test? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just favorites and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, cool. We should have quizzed. <laughs> oh, we should have put some trivia in here. <laughs> So the first thing I want to ask is, who is your favorite non-Zelda character? Ah, okay. Well, um, I I loved uh, Hale and Stella's, like the, uh, I mean, Hale and Summers, uh, Elliot and Margot. I just loved their banter. It was so great um, and fun. And I just, I you could see their joy in performing it, I feel like. Um, it's it's hard to pick. Uh, I also loved Alice's the Alice character, and I feel like you know I feel like Zelda and Alice had a bond. You know there there was a, a long history there, but there was a there was a bond in the end. You know, you guys really got there at the end because yeah. it, it was a rough road. But some of those really emotional scenes in season five were between Zelda and Alice. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I really I, that was fun. <laughs> So do you have a favorite season or a specific episode? What comes to mind? Oh, uh, all of the stuff with Marley Matlin is like, Mm -hmm. it was so fun to learn sign language. I love learning. It does this thing to my brain. My brain gets all (laughs) excited and like, um, and it, and it is such a beautiful language. Like uh, I I just, it's like a dance. I don't know. It's, it's art and I loved it. And Marley was amazing. And um, Stephanie Nogueras, who, who played the middle aged yeah. uh, Harriet is amazing. And the little girl winter, I think is her name. Um, she was wonderful too, but yeah, that was just thrilling. And, and we also, we block shot it. So we were doing multiple episodes. So we would go from like, we would uh, you know, they shoot everything from one side, like 
all the scenes that take place there and then they go around. So you're going back and forth between. So it was a real like, it was a good challenge. Like it was a really fun challenge. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Did you know sign language already or did you learn for the show? And the fact that you learned for the show makes it so much cooler for some reason. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. Well, I had done a little bit of sign language on um, You're the Worst, this show You're the Worst, where I played an interpreter. And, um, but, you know, I just learned little phrases and I'd always been interested in it. Like I learned, I learned the ABCs <laughs> when I was <laughs> little and I like knew little things. But, um, but yeah, totally. It was so much dialogue. And I since actually, I took some ASL lessons with Stephanie who played the the middle Harriet um, after that, because it's such a wonderful language. That's so cool. That's awesome yeah. to hear. But uh, my next question might be the same answer here. And I was going to say what, what your most memorable scene that you filmed was. Well, that is one of them mm -hmm. probably, you know, just for all the reasons. Um, I loved, I loved my death. Like oh. it was, <laughs> it was such a uh. sweet, like, sort of beautiful thing, you know, I, I love, I just love that it was a dance working with Charles Major. He just was so wonderful. He wanted it to be even like, he kind of really wanted it to be a special death because I think he liked the character and, and just as a fellow actor, he wanted it to be special. And it had originally been a little more like heartless. I mean, he was heartless, but there was sort of a weird tenderness to it. I feel like. Um, and Oh, that was just a really fun thing to do. Absolutely. It was almost uh, romanticized in a way. Yeah. And almost uh, he had like respect for you. You know, mm -hmm. most people, mm. kills, he just yeah. slices, you know, bleed out. Yeah. Everywhere. He was gracious enough to be like, hey, boop, little poke. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Very real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I want to sidetrack us for a second because I don't know if you'll find a bigger Martin Chatwin fan in the entire world than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't have this question written down or anything, but I need to ask, like, how did the cast react when they found out Martin was going to have an appearance in the finale of the series? Yeah, it um, I was it was very surprising for I mean, nobody dies on the yeah. magicians, really. You know, a lot. Most of them didn't. And in fact, they the um, Sarah and John and Henry all called me beforehand to let me know that they were murdering me and um and they were like but you know I mean nobody ever dies on this show um so they proved that with him um and but you know we all loved him as a as an actor and a human and a character so it was fun you know everyone was excited about it yeah I guess when you got that call you the decision wasn't made that it wasn't coming back for a season six so you actually were getting killed off I was gonna say yes Getting murdered in the series finale isn't the worst thing in the world, but I right. guess at that point. Yeah, totally. And actually, I kind of love that that was in the season finale. I feel like it was a good, you know, good, awesome, good thing for her. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Somehow. Yeah. You yeah. definitely would have been missed in season six. Big there time. Been, Thank there you for been saying that. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, no, I want to say, I just want to shout out that line, like, for a librarian, death is not the end. It's just a transfer to another branch. Just, like, stab me in the soul. Just crush me. Right? <laughs> I so knew, like, as soon as I read that line, I was like, oh, this is one of those lines. This is like a, I don't know, like, it's just such a well, they were it's such a well-written line, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It was perfect for Zelda. And you, and you say it with a smile on your face, too. Oh, 
it's just it's perfect <laughs> it is perfect you've said it a million times but trying to comfort them sort of to the end i guess you know exactly. and yeah exactly we'll take a zelda penny um underworld spinoff we'll take it right oh, that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> so i got two more here for you the next mm-hmm. one is if you could have filmed a scene with any character you didn't have a chance to who comes to mind? Oh, um, Candace Kane. Um, it's her her uh, fairy queen. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Just for her as an actor, like, and it was just a beautiful, weird character that that would have, I think, been really a fun thing to do. That would have been two powerhouses if they had a yeah. conversation. That's a lot of knowledge going back and forth. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Even was Zelda though- ever in Fillory? Oh, so I think that she, yeah, I think, oh, Besides, this like, is one of those in, quizzes because she <laughs> talked about it in, um, in those sign language episodes with Marley. Like when she's a little girl, she talked about like wanting to run away. And I, I feel like she, I can't remember because parts got cut out of that too. They sort of shortened Ooh. it. So I, I kind of don't remember. I think she had been there, but I mean, at least she knew about it. The season three finale, we'll right? When she well, goes to the to Black Spire, right? Technically not Fillory. My question more lends to like, do you did you think you missed out on those sets on those? Fillory oh, sets? completely. And I like <laughs> I went and like got to walk around them, and I was like, my god, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and and actually, so Rizwan, who played Tick Pickwick, mm-hmm. yeah. So he, he wanted just a little weird, like, uh, weird knowledge here. So I was like, I recognize that guy, kind of, I think. Turns out we did an episode of The Shield. My second episode of The Shield, he was in it, like, a million years ago. How weird is that? <laughs> awesome. Small world. Weird? Wait, can I give you one more? Yeah, because absolutely. I feel like there's one more that would be really kind of interesting. So um, Mackenzie Aston. I also think it would have been really fun to work with him and sort of terrifying also. Um, but he and I worked together on a Hallmark movie with uh, Marsha Gay Harden. I played a paranoid schizophrenic abusive mom oh my <laughs> and he played my husband. <laughs> so when we saw each other again on The Magicians, we were like, oh, what? Wow, a long way from, from our past. <laughs> yeah, slightly different characters there. Yeah. <laughs> Little change up. Yeah. So this last one's just going to be a fun one. And what was your favorite musical moment of the series? <sighs> well, I have to say the one that I was in because okay. it was so fun. I'm, I mean, all the others are great and amazing, but it was so fun to get to be a part of that. And actually I had, I did a little convincing of Sarah and John. I was like, it was, it was, you know, going to be the fifth season. And I was like, I just need them to know that I could, Zelda could sing and dance if needed. And so I went and recorded a cover of uh, Creep, Radiohead's Creep. Oh my and I sent it to them and they, they put me in. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the I track. I would love to see that. Yes. It's on YouTube. You can find it somewhere. Oh, oh hell um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did a, a little, a little video for it. So it's on there, but, um, but yeah, that it was so fun. And, you know, like I just, they sort of, we're open to like how we were all going to react to being possessed by these musical numbers. And I was like, she loves it. And, (laughs) and I felt like I got to just exude joy through it because it was so fun. All of it, the whole experience. You and Casey or Zelda and Marina, just her being so miserable doing it and you being so overjoyed (laughs) was, that was, it was so fun to do that with her because we, I don't think we'd had any other 
scenes together. And, um, and it was really fun. Oh, and just, yeah, that dynamic was just such a weird combination and so fun. Yeah. We always, we always talked about the weird duos and the weird combos that you never thought that you would want in the magicians, but how they always make them great. And that was so good. I mean, the juxtaposition, Kathleen just said it, of you, oh, yay, song comes smiling. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. Right? Oh, fun. Perfect. So fun. As soon as season five dropped, I immediately turned on episode 12 and learned the cruel to be kind dance and then yeah. sent it to the boys. I was like, that oh. is amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, and that, oh, just another little weird thing. Um, and actually kind of cool. So um, the choreographer for that final musical episode is Trevor Einhorn's wife. And, um, and she's amazing. And she is actually choreographing, I'm directing, writing, producing a little film, and she is choreographing for it. And Hale is in it. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. Cool. Watching yeah. A million people yeah. watching it. <laughs> but before we move on, I did want to one more question about Marina, because Kathleen is such a big fan of, of Marina. Yeah. How was she like, how was the contrast of her in character? And then as soon as the, the lights were off and she was herself, what is it like being around her? Cause I feel like she is such a crazy scene <laughs> character. She is, um, you know, she is so cool. She dressed so cool all the time, even for rehearsals. Like when the rest of us were in sweatpants to do a dance, she was in like a long, like jean duster, super, she's just so cool. And, um, and she's very quick too. And I feel like all those are sort of things that uh, Marina had, you know, also. And I feel like uh, it sort of was, you know, as a part of her personality that she sort of, you know, used and developed a, a little bit but um she's awesome and super nice and super cool <laughs> i was just gonna say did you hear about the the fashion outbreak that zelda caused um <laughs> no, what uh there was I, I, <laughs> zelda's outfits on on the reddit uh there was always a comment where it's like where can i find like the clothes that like zelda wears like that style like she it's awesome. the outfit's so cute and you know rocks it so and there was always on that comment oh my god i was wondering the same thing so you definitely that's awesome you had some fans out there i i did see somebody go to a con dressed as zelda and i was like oh my god <laughs> like i hands up character, right like totally <laughs> do you know um those so our uh, uh wardrobe designer magali was incredible obviously i mean you saw like the beautiful things she did and so she created all of zelda's outfits like she made them all and those pants that i think everybody loves so much they're like high-waisted all the pleats so magali i feel like is one of those people who smells color you know like um they 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 make these amazing connections so these pants have these pleats and they're supposed to be like the pages of a book ah so how great is that right is nice. and oh i don't know if you could ever see but like there was a few seasons where she wore like a headband and a bracelet and they were made from the um binding of books like this the spine of books the detail mm -hmm. is incredible i was gonna so say good. Rick went on a whole thing about his ties and everything. Oh, his ties. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, totally. that's, that's his, really yeah. great. His socks. He was so mad. I, uh, yeah. Dean Fogg never got, got to show off his socks. <laughs> he, in his real life, has amazing socks 
an amazing ties, an amazing style. And <laughs> yeah, we t- I, I heard a lot about how to tie ties, which I don't know. He does crazy things with his ties, but yeah. <laughs> Another thing Rick talked about was actually the mannerisms we were bringing up with the with Zelda's hands, the iconic hands. Iconic. Yes. And I wanted to ask, was was that your own touch or were you told that this is going to be just one of your mannerisms and quirks? So, no. So I, you know, I feel like there's always different ways to enter characters to sort of figure them out. Right. And and, and I, I did a lot of theater. I did a lot of physical physical stuff, movement-based theater. Um, so that's one of the ways that I sort of entered, not always, but one of the ways I can enter a character. And um, and I just had this feeling that she, for the audition, that she just had this very, like, I don't know, it was one of those weird things that, like, every once in a while you get this, like, this is just what it is. It might be horrible and weird and over the top and they won't like it, but I feel like it's what it is. And I, and I feel like with auditions, you just, you have to make it your your whatever you art you want to do, that's sort of the best way to go into it. Like it's your turn to to your time to sort of do whatever you want with this character. And I did it and they didn't hate it. <laughs> no, it was amazing. My dad is an avid TV show watcher, but he watches so much, so many different shows that he loses track of character names. So when I'm talking about the magicians and if I'm referencing Zelda, the second I go like this, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. His dad That's can't great. remember a damn thing. I and mean, he could just watch the episode and be like, explain to me what just happened. Nothing. Yeah. Love yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Parents. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to the Marina thing because for me, I'm so I'm so biased, right? I have bias because I follow you guys on Instagram and I really like you as human Aww. beings and stuff. You know what I mean? I've seen uh, Casey and other things. So uh, we had a conversation. We had like a full wrap up on season five. Right. And I was like, I love Marina. She's great. And all the boys are like, she kind of is a villain. Like she's not, so you're not supposed to love her. And I wanted to ask how you felt about your own character, because I, again, we kind of had a conversation about Zelda. Like you really were kind of an obstacle for our heroes for a while. And especially yeah. like the reeds mark or stealing the magic in season three or imprisoning Alice. Like, I kind of forget about all that because by the end of season five, we're like, we love Zelda, like ride or die. <laughs> totally. But like, so what did you, throughout the whole series, how did you see Zelda? You know, I feel like she always was trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and she was always trying to do her best. Sometimes your best is not great, but it's still your best. And, and, you know, I think, you know, things aren't always black and white and she, she thought, she, I really do think she always thought she was doing the right thing for, for the most amount of people and, and for knowledge, like, you know, that was, she felt that she had to protect knowledge for everybody's sake, you know? And um, I don't, I don't feel like there was ever a time that she was, you know, purposefully trying to hurt anyone or, yeah. or even, I don't know. I, I really feel like she came from a, like, I'm trying to do the best. And sometimes she gets led awry, you know, by, and that happens with people, even though, you know, you trust them and you've known them for a few hundred years, <laughs> um, you know? Um, yeah. The, the season four realization that Zelda's, uh, what do they call them? The, the compass marks or the tracker marks that they put on all the head, which is the fact that they went ahead and reversed it. So now they can take them out the look on Zelda's face was so distraught. She was like, all I wanted to do was help. 
Mm-hmm. And now it's going to hurt all these people. I was like, oh, man, I was just <laughs> I was just getting ready to be mad at you. For doing all <laughs> and now I feel bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then, then she had, you know, we get to hear a little bit of her past and her mom was a hedge witch. Um, and, you know, and she had sort of a traumatic life and and then got taken in by somebody who ended up, you know, not being good. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they say like nobody thinks of themselves as bad necessarily. I don't know. That might not be true. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think mostly people are trying to, trying to do right. It's just not think, always super clear. I think Martin knew he was bad. Yeah. Was yeah, actually, he kind of reveled in it, didn't he? <laughs> he <laughs> kind of loved it. Yeah. yeah. If the show was called The Librarians and you were the lead character, we'd be like, Quentin Elliott, get out of here. Like, screw these kids trying to come in the library, steal all these books. So, and, Right? Yeah. Burning stuff? I mm-hmm. mean, come on. I do want to stick on the topic of the Netherlands, though, real quick, because something I noticed, and I didn't notice this the first time watching the show, but when I was going through my rewatch in preparation for the final season's podcast, what I noticed was, especially in season four and five, I think, anytime we're in the Netherlands and most of the scenes are Zelda, the director made a choice to kind of have the angles of of everything being shot like diagonal a little bit. Not, yeah. not so diagonal, but I was just going to ask, Canton. was that something? Yeah. Was that something you guys were made aware of while it was actually filming or just it was that post? kind of? Um, I think, you know, I don't it's it, it sort of they very much had ideas they about like what the color scheme mm-hmm everything about like, you know, New York versus break bills versus Fillory versus the Netherlands. Um, that was like a, a pretty conscious choice on their part. And I think, you know, just, I don't know the first time I was there, I think I sort of, I, I hadn't seen it yet. So I wasn't aware of like, you know, what the shooting was like in general, all I knew was what I was there for. But, um, but you you could tell that it was like, there was a very specific look of like gray, you know, darker blue tones kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Was but probably, it-, it was probably really annoying when you're shooting a Netherland scene and it's like a sunny, beautiful day and you have to act like it's like gray <laughs> and sad. and <laughs> Right. And you're in Vancouver where it's beautiful and wonderful. And no, um, it was cool. I mean, you know, the crew was basically the same crew for the whole run, which was wonderful. And, um, and, you know, I don't know, uh, definitely being in Vancouver was uh, just such a wonderful thing. Vancouver's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird at times when you would walk out, you know, from the stage and it would be bright out and you're, you're like, it's still light out. Like, <laughs> like, what is, we've been in there forever. Like, um, definitely, a. Uh, definitely a change going out after that. So I do have another question, a little bit of a heavier hitter here because it's going to revolve around our main character, our favorite guy, Quentin Coldwater's death. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we constantly talked about when we were reviewing season five is the fact that it was incredibly sad that Quentin died, but it was so necessary for the story. And what it really did was open up the spotlight for some side characters like Fen, Josh and Zelda. And what I mm-hmm. want to know is what was like the dynamic change of having your your lead Harry Potter-esque character leave the set in the final season? And how did that change the dynamic of what went on behind the scenes? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it was uh we, you know, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Um, and it was fun having him on set. 
but I think it sort of was what he, he wanted and, um, and we all respected that. And, um, and, you know, we're like, okay, well, we'll keep going and doing stuff. And there, you know, there's so many people involved in making a show that, you know, there's so many people there still ready to do awesome stuff, you know? Um, and, uh, and it was great. Cause you know, yeah, I got to have more scenes with different cool people. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think uh, it, it was, it, it's always sad to like not be working with someone you like. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think everybody was ready to like, you know, keep doing it until we couldn't do it anymore because it was fun. <laughs> Did he visit at all during season five? <laughs> <laughs> visit that? No, I, I didn't see him. I don't know oh. if he came and visited uh, while I wasn't there. Yeah, I can't say enough how much I love season five. And it's just so nice to see like, yeah, sure. The main guy on the poster may have left, but just the deep bench I, for me, I like I didn't really miss him that much, which is a hot take because I'm obsessed with Quentin. I read the books like I love Jason Ralph as Quentin. He was amazing. But this show just has the deepest bench of amazing characters and they flesh them out. And even in season four, when they gave us that episode where Penny's in the underworld, Penny 40 and he's writing and he's saying like you can't you're choosing where to shelve a book. Like, you can't say who's important to what story. You don't know. So they basically, like, set it up for us being, like, when you file people away as sidekicks, um, you're not realizing their importance to the story. So I think they did that on purpose to kind of show you, like, listen – it, he he may not be the middle of this anymore. Like we, we can move on without him type thing. Yeah. And it's a credit. I think it, it's really a credit to the writers and the other actors to like, just be like, okay, we're going to keep doing this. This, you know, we're just going to keep going. Even if it isn't what you want right now, we're going to keep doing this thing. And it's, I mean, I think it's impressive to be able yeah. to keep doing that. Yeah. And we thought they did a really great job of the first couple episodes diving into how each of the characters were reacting to this and grieving and mourning and then being able to move forward with it. And whether it's like learning from him and, and moving forward and making choices because of Gwen or not, I thought it was done beautifully. They didn't like whatever on it for too long. They they yeah. really did it in a good way. They also didn't skip over it too quickly. It was exactly like, yeah. all right. First 20 minutes of the first episode, we're going to talk about right. how we miss them and move on. It was like, three or four episodes of them physically being depressed and sad still. Um, so that was really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think I, I feel like they did, a, they approached, they sort of broached a lot of hard subjects on that show and grieving and dealing with that is one of them. And, um, and I, I think they did a, a good job with that kind of stuff, which is hard. It's like a, a lot of sensitive stuff, you know? So I think we should try and get a, a Zelda prequel greenlit here, and then we can get some of those emotional <laughs> scenes for you, because I know we did mention in the final season that Zelda did spend some time in the etheric party realm, and we would love to see you <laughs> oh, in that setting. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be fun? That would be so fun. Gosh. Mm. Yeah. On the beach yeah. with all the one socks and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles everywhere. That'd be so exactly. Fun. Bubbles and like carnival <laughs> feeling and like weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> I really love that scene with Jade Taylor. That what the one where you say you're in the etheric realm, the Katie Zelda scene where she's just being so bitchy to you, and you, and at the end she's like, "I'll try and stop being such a bitch to you," and you're like, "If you can, thank you." <laughs> but it was emotional. It was a great scene. Thanks. Yeah, that was the smoking the pipe scene, right? I think, yes. and I offered it to her. Yeah, that was, and we had such a wonderful director on that um, on that episode. 
but yeah, she really gave us the the opportunity to take sort of take it slow and just do it like theater, which is great. I mean, Jade is a theater person. You know, you don't always get moments like like that feel like real theater in in TV and and that was that felt good. Like it was felt like a nice like we get to really play with this and enjoy the sadness of it. <laughs> that was that was another one of those combos that we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm. Was, was you know Zelda and Katie? It was just so cool that whole conversation about internal circumstances, which I have to imagine Zelda. That's got to be like her strong suit. Her internal circle. She's always happy and always like square. Right. She so <laughs> she's gonna try anyway. She's gonna try and keep her, uh, <laughs> you know, her, her spirits up for everyone else, kind of thing. Maybe. <laughs> so there is one question that I needed to ask you, and it was a question for honestly how Zelda felt. So. Which do, you, which do you think was harder for Zelda to do? So when she suspended Harriet from the library. So, <laughs> you know, when Harriet went back to Breakville, she didn't come back for another 30 years. Zelda suspended yeah. her that whole time. She said, nope, not allowed to come back. Do you think that was harder or do you think burning all the books from oh. the Visigoths was hard? Oh, God. That's like a, like which <laughs> child will you choose? Yeah. Thing? yeah. Like, oh, like my fam- gosh. Family or work? Which one? Um. <laughs> You know, I think her answer probably would have changed over the over the series. And I think um, I think that like when she was in that zone where the thing that she focused on most was rules and work and keeping things going, um, I think she would have like not thought deeply enough because I think she'd sort of put that away her everything with her daughter. Um, And I think she would have probably said burning books, but I think once Harriet came back and she was, you know, she, she brought all that back and, and then it made her question everything about who she had been and like how she'd lived her life. And, and I think at the end it would a hundred percent probably have been Harriet for, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because I think, I think she sort of feels felt that she lost out on all of that. No, that was a great answer because that's exactly what I would have answered as well. And I guess that means you portrayed the character. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Awesome. (laughs) I know we have to get you out of here soon. So my final question for you is something my younger self would kill me if I didn't ask, because (laughs) when I was growing up, my favorite movies ever were the Tobey Maguire (laughs) Spider-Man movies. So there is a ton of rumors floating around about the new Tom Holland Spider-Man movie with all the universes colliding. What are the chances that <laughs> Ursula is going to make a return to the big screen? Oh, I hate to break everybody's hearts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but as far as I know, she has, she's not, she's not, not coming back for this one. Who knows? I mean, I know I hate that because I've seen a lot of that. People are like Spider-Verse, just Spider-Verse question mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and as yeah sorry to oh, yeah <laughs> I love doing those movies by the way <laughs> thank you oh those were great uh, one day I'll tell you about do you want to hear real quick how I got that part because I feel like you'd be excited Absolutely. About yes <laughs> okay I'll just tell you um so this was early on in my career um I didn't have a really very good agent kind of one of those ones you hear about and I was um I heard that they were casting this part where she was supposed to be the character was supposed to be tall and gawky, like a young Shelley Duvall. And I was like, 
I can do that. I know I can do that. And I knew, and the submissions had to be in by the end of the day. And I knew my agent wasn't going to handle it. So um, I legit drove, like dressed up like a messenger. I had old deliveries on a clipboard, like crossed off and stuff. And I went down to the studio and I went up to the security and I was like, yeah, I'm from candlelight management. I have a delivery. (laughs) And he was like, "Uh, you're not on the list. And there was a real delivery guy who had been chatting with, with the security at the front desk. And he was just looking at me like, "Mm, what are you trying to do? And I was like, my heart was going so fast. And I was like, no, 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 just pretend you do this all the time. Yawn. Like you do this. And, um, and I just said, you know, I don't know how to be in by the end of the day. He called casting. They didn't answer. And finally he was like, okay, whatever. And he let me go. And I dropped my stuff off to this casting guy and he seemed really friendly, but I was so freaked out that I like was booking it out of there. And I heard him opening it as I was leaving. And I'm like, oh God, either going to see that delivery girl is delivering herself. <laughs> and, um, but it turned out that that guy had been the assistant on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'd had a couple lines on a couple years before. And they had me into audition. That is incredible. <laughs> Savage. Acting. Yeah. You're acting. acting your way into that building. Yes. Yes. It could have gone either way. And thankfully it did not go to like getting arrested or anything. That feels like a magician scene. (laughs) A caper, right? Oh my gosh. That's honestly inspiring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's so cool. We love Kathleen. Get your last questions in because we don't want to hold her too long. Uh, I don't have any. I just want to say thank you so much for creating this amazing character mm. in the magician oh. world. And definitely would not have been the same without her. So it's bittersweet that it totally on, you know, season five. That is so sweet of you to say thank you. I thank you. I'm, I loved being her and I, I'm glad you guys loved her too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Paul, you said it. Nailed it. Awesome. <laughs> the master magician Zelda. The master magician Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. It's been wonderful. If you happen to live in Cincinnati or you uh, would love to have more smart, awesome, progressive people in the government in general, my brother Gavi Bechtrup, votegavi.com, is running for mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. And um, the primaries are coming up May 4th. So go out and vote or you can donate at votegavi.com. Go vote, Cincinnati people. Go vote. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And that will do it for us, guys. Thank you so much to McGainer for spending the time answering all of our magician's questions and, of course, for humoring me on my Spider-Man obsession. If you guys like what you heard, be sure to give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Also, if you can't get enough magician's content, please feel free to go listen to our interview with Rick Worthy, a.k.a. Dean Fogg. It was a really, really fun one. Once again, We are Benchtown TV, and thank you for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.